welcome to the Cancer Sisters podcast. This is episode nine. What, what? Pretty exciting. <laughs> uh, this one is Cancer Classmates, which uh, we love our awful alliteration. Uh, but Amanda, what does that mean to you? Well, <laughs> thanks for asking, Nicole. <laughs> We're starting with our very first classmate guest. Um, we are so thankful we have stayed in touch. We were neighborhood pals, and now we're adult cancer pals, so I wish it wasn't that way, but um, we've got Casey here today uh, to share her story. Uh, we all went, we grew up together and all went to the same school, so um, we're going to dig in on classmate number one, Casey. So, Casey, will you tell us, uh, tell us your story? How did you, you were the, you were the cancer classmate before we were, so tell us, uh, tell us when it began and how you knew and all that stuff. Alrighty, um, so hello everyone. Um, so in April of 2021, um, I was having a diagnostic MRI on my breast, um, because I was at high risk and felt like the regular mammograms just weren't enough. So I went and saw a specialist and they decided that I would do mammograms. Six months later, I would do MRIs. Um, so the okay. first MRI that I had, um, I got a call that I needed to come in and have an ultrasound, maybe a biopsy, but they didn't think it was cancer. It was like a grade or a state, a t- number two out of four or five, I believe, mm-hmm. one being the best, five being the worst. Um, okay. So I wasn't worried. I was like, oh, it's no big deal. I've been called back before. I've had very extremely dense breast tissue, so no big deal. Us too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another way we're connected. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so I went, um, I think it was probably about four days later, I had the biopsy, um, ultrasound and biopsy. They didn't seem very concerned by the look on their face, but they said, you know, I'd get a call in the next couple days. Um, the next day I did get a call. It was about 4.59 p.m. I was in a store, did not hear my phone, but got mm. the voicemail. Um, it was after 5 p.m. when I got the voicemail, so I was not able to call the doctor back. But she, I kept rewinding it. I kept replaying yeah. it because I'm like, oh, let me see. Like, did she sound nervous? Did she sound? I'm like, wow, she sounded great. So it's going to be nothing. Um, so next morning, as soon as I got up, I called, um, and she said she's never been so shocked in her life, but that it was cancer. Wow. Um, I have no idea what the rest of that conversation was. I know we probably talked on the phone for about 10 minutes. Um, yeah. Everything in the world went through my mind. Um, I think shock was what hit me the most. I just... I. I think all throughout my life, I always thought, oh, I'll get breast cancer because it's rampant on both sides of my family. Um, And anytime I had a mammogram and got called back, I was like, yep, I've got cancer. Anytime I felt a lump, I'm like, yep, I've got cancer. And this was the one time in my life that I was like, I don't have cancer. There's no way. Mm -hmm. So it... Like this was just the same thing that kept happening to you. Yes. And so like, I, I feel like I always like felt like, well, I should prepare myself for the worst. So this time I was like, I'm not going to worry. I'm going to prepare myself for the best because it's never anything. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like a slap in the face. And and I still to this day wonder, like, it really made sense not to worry because even if I would have been worried and prepared that I had it, 
nothing prepared me for hearing you have cancer. Oh gosh, you're so right. right. I mean, that's a good point because if you had stressed yourself out, what's the point? Like exactly, you just have to wait. It's something we we understand now. Like right. you just have to wait for the phone call or for your my chart results to come through, which right. <laughs> we're used to seeing those and getting something and uh, but you believing like oh it's going to be nothing is exactly what happened to me because mm-hmm. it was so unlikely that I would have it in my lungs yeah and then they're like okay well it's in your lungs mm-hmm. like we didn't think it would we didn't think it was possible but but it is yeah my nodule was scar tissue also yeah but this is your story I think, well no I'm just <laughs> rela- just, I'm just I mean, relating and I think it's I I think they do try to be positive and try to keep you calm. Right. Because they're hopeful just like anyone else is hopeful. Right. And it does prove that even, you know, worrying or not, it's not going to change the end result. Right. You know, we can't control it. So why just be, you know, nervous and worried and take away from everything else in life to be worried? And sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it is. But it's Mm -hmm. not. It didn't make any difference. Right. So. so you were still, I mean, it was that after five o'clock and you had to wait until yeah. the next morning, you were still thinking because you couldn't hear in your doctor's voice any nervous. Right. You were still. I was still like. Like they were saying, this is nothing. This is yeah. routine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so then once I found out, I, um, ended up calling all of my kids, um, and telling them, telling my parents, telling a lot of my family and friends and probably about. That probably took me a few hours. After that, I was like, you know what? I'm leaving Ohio, and I'm going to go on vacation. So I literally, within a couple hours, booked a trip for my daughter and I to go to um, Gatlinburg, Tennessee for a couple days. Amazing. I just needed to disappear. Mm -hmm. That was, I think, my way of... It was kind of like a denial. It was kind of like a protection because everybody that I talked to was crying. My parents couldn't stop crying, and I'm like, I just need to get away. For sure. Um... So much. I can imagine you telling everyone and having to say it multiple times. Right, right. I kind of felt like I should have just, like, (laughs) recorded myself and then sent it to everybody. I did that. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Do you remember? I forgot about that. No, because I saw you in person. I don't remember. You saw me in person. For everyone else, I recorded it, sent it. That's awesome. Yeah, because then, like, you don't leave out details. You don't... You know, and then everybody, it's the same questions. And at, at this point, like, I didn't know because I had just found out. I hadn't gone, you know, to an oncologist, to a surgeon, anything. Yeah, you had so um, much to find out still. Right, right. Um, so then I had my little trip. That was nice. Um, my daughter was very depressed while we were at gone, <laughs> which I figured it hadn't really hit her. Um, but we still had fun. We hiked and swam and just enjoyed our time. Um yeah. And then once I came back, that obviously then started the gazillion doctor's appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, when they say that cancer patients have a lot of doctor's appointments, I never had any idea, like, no clue. Right. I mean, it was literally, like, I I don't know how anybody could work with all the appointments. Yeah. So I did actually, once I got back from my little trip, I did work. Um, and probably on the second day after I got back, I told my boss that I just could not work. I've mentally, I was like, I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing. I know right. you don't want my mistakes. I need to just go, you know, take care of myself, taking care of four kids my whole life by myself. I was like, this time is for me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I don't need a job, whatever. 
That's so smart. Yeah. I think that was the best thing that I could have done mentally for me. Mm-hmm. Um, to have to think about work on oh, top yeah. of, like you said, the number of appointments and right. all the information you're getting is... Right. Right. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's, it stops your world. Oh, yeah. That's all you can think about. So. Right. Yeah. And frankly, work doesn't matter. Right. And then I still had, um, so my youngest would have been, he was 13 at the time, so I still had to take care of him. Um, I was still helping out with my granddaughter. She was one at the time. She had just turned one. Um, So it's like, I just, I have to concentrate on me. So I went and saw a breast surgeon um, and a plastic surgeon, so I decided I was going to do a double mastectomy. Um, I had... A few different options, but for me, I always said, I, if or when I ever get cancer, I'm just going to get rid of them. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that the first step? The double mastectomy? Yes. So I oh. ended up having that, I think it was scheduled about three weeks later. Um, so I had double mastectomy. That moved fast. Yes. Yeah. And then um the first stage of reconstruction so when I had my MRI and ultrasound they said it was not in my lymph nodes um but they kept saying everything could change during surgery so after my surgery um the breast surgeon came in after I woke up and said well I hate to tell you this but we found it in one of your lymph nodes she's like I ended up removing a total of 10 just to be sure um that was a huge shock again and again there were several doctors and a radiologist telling me that was not in my lymph nodes Mm -hmm. and then it ended up being there Mm -hmm. so at that point um I kind of felt like what do these doctors know like why are they I would rather them just not say anything than try to like say things that they don't know is true Mm -hmm. right um because I just like that sense of hope it's crushing. It you is. You wake up from surgery and you're like, it is. my lymph nodes were clear. And then, no, your surgeon took 10. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so then that's a whole different story, you know, because of then getting lymphedema in my arm and it just, you know, because they kept saying, well, with no lymph node, as long as it's not in your lymph nodes, you don't need chemo, you don't need radiation, you just need to take this hormone blocker. So then at that point, it changed everything. Um, so I was scheduled... I think about three weeks later, I went and saw a medical oncologist. And she said she had met with the tumor board beforehand and talked about my case. And I guess there are studies done on women that are over over 50 with breast cancer. If they have between one and three positive lymph nodes, they do not need chemo or radiation. However, there's no studies done on women under 50. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I fell under that category. Of course. Um, So, they said, so, at this point, all of your treatment is up to you. It's your decision since we don't have any studies on it. We can't say if with having one lymph node, if having chemo will help, if having radiation will help, but we can't say that it won't. So, you decide. So, what would you like to do? My God. That makes you so very special. Yes. And powerful. I wish everyone could see our faces right now because mind blown that is shocking right and you know so many people were like oh that's so nice you get to decide that's so good you get to and I'm like what I'm like so here I am you tell me all of the risks and you know benefits of chemo and radiation but I have to decide that 
Like, you know, okay, so if I decide no and the cancer comes back, then am I going to blame myself? Mm-hmm. You know, um, but then do I want to put myself through everything with all the risks or do I want to wing it? I mean, it was just like, you've got to be kidding me. How um, did you, so, yeah, how so, did you make that decision? Question. How did you make that um, decision? I talked to a lot of people. I asked a lot of people advice. Um, you, but You had... You said it was rampant in both sides of your family. Were yes. there family members you could talk to? Um, not that they're alive that had it. Because oh, it was all of like my mom's, my mom, my grandmother's sisters and on both sides of the family. Wow. Oh my goodness. Um, so I got everybody's opinions, um, did a little research on my own, read some stuff, and then had to go back to my oncologist to make my decision. And so I just said to her, I said, let me ask you something. If it were you, what would you do? And she's like, I'm really not supposed to give you my opinion. And I said, I'm not going to, I just want you to tell me if you were in the same situation, what would you do? And she said, I would do everything in my power to keep the beast out of my body. So I was like, okay, hmm. sign me up for chemo. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is, uh, that's not something I that I already knew about your. Mm-mm. Didn't know that you know, at all. About you know, your cancer and your treatment. I mean, I knew the treatment you went through. I didn't mm-hmm. know that it weighed so heavy on your decision-making. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I ended up, I only had to have four rounds. And I say only because there's people that have tons of it. But those... Round, what were your rounds? Four. What was I? What yeah, like how many weeks? How much? So how it was once every three weeks. So then I had four um, rounds of it. Mm-hmm. Um, first round, I was nervous. My mom and my daughter went with me. Um, Which is beautiful. Was only supposed to have one person in there because of COVID. But mm-hmm. the people at the um, cancer center were very sweet. And I said, I cannot decide between my mother and my daughter, who's my best friend. So they're like, we'll just put you in a private room. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, it wasn't bad. I was very nervous, but it wasn't bad. Um Probably on the second day, um, they also give you like this um, injection that's supposed to help raise your immune system. It's called Nulasta. Um, That was the worst thing in the world. Um, Even the, I was in so much pain, my neck, my back, and even like my hair hurt. Um, Which they said, yeah, they said that can be a side effect of it. Yeah. Um, I... Never threw up, but I was nauseous, so I got nausea medicine. Um, my hands and feet got a little bit numb. I got nerve medication. Um, I could not eat or drink just because the taste of everything was absolutely disgusting. Water was awful. Really? Yeah. Um, so it, I ended up finding water that had like electrolytes in it, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. was okay. That helped, but I still. Was there a specific or, brand? I mean, if anyone's listening, that um, <laughs> it was actually I did Smart Water. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that seemed that and, uh, I can't think of the other name, maybe True Life. No, I can't remember. Um, that sounds right. Yeah, is that what it could is? be for sure. Well, it's kind of why I got vitamin waters and stuff because I was. Because my taste buds have started changing. Like, mm-hmm. it's been slow. Like, things just appear and disappear and come and go for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was having a lot of problems with my 
taste. Mm-hmm. Like last week especially. So yeah, uh, it's it reminds me of. I mean, I did have COVID last year, and it reminds me of when you lose your taste with COVID. That's exactly what it reminded me of. Wow. Um, yeah. So I and that would last about that lasted at least a week. So I mean, there was like a week of me like not eating or drinking. Was you drowned? Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then after probably, usually like on day 10 after chemo, then I started feeling pretty good. But the tiredness, I could hardly, like, I slept in a recliner because of my mastectomy. It was just easier that way. I probably slept <coughs> Sorry. all the time. I mean, like, I would go to bed at 9 and I would wake up around noon and then nap. I mean, I was completely 100% exhausted like even just getting up to go to the bathroom I was so tired mm-hmm. Yeah. but I was like with all the other side effects that I've heard about from chemo I'm like I'll take that I can you know I mm-hmm. can just sleep I don't have anything to do I can just sleep um, my second round of chemo I ended up having an allergic reaction oh goodness um, do you know to what? it was the Taxator chemo that I was on um, Were you still in the infusion center? Yes. Um, and it just so happened that my daughter didn't go with me that day. And my mom went, but my oncologist used to take a long time. She was ran late. So my mom was so happy to be up in Beachwood, said, I'm running to Trader Joe's. I'll be back in like an hour or so because you oh, won't yeah. be seen by then. Doctor wasn't running late that day. So they hooked me up to everything. And within probably two minutes of the infusion, I said to the nurse that was in the room, thank God he was in the room. Yeah. Yeah. I said, am I supposed to be feeling weird? And he said, what's weird? I'm like, my heart feels like it's going to jump out of my body and I feel like I'm about to like pass out. And he's like, that's not good. So he ran and got a bunch of people, got the doctor. They had to give me a bunch of medication. Um, there were probably 20 people in this tiny little room. Oh my goodness. So then my mom comes strolling in oh, wow. <laughs> a couple minutes after that and about lost it because she's like, what happened? I feel so bad. So her, her, my, her and my daughter both went to the other two that I had because they were terrified. And so, sat there the whole time? Yes. Yeah. Oh. oh my goodness. So my third round, I was really scared because I'm like, but they did, they gave me a bunch of Benadryl and steroids beforehand and then kept like their little allergy kit in there. So, I mean, it was fine, but it was still like very nerve-wracking sure um so then after i had the chemo then i had to meet with the radiology oncologist um at this point i was just exhausted i was like i just wanted to move on with my life mm-hmm. so, so mentally exhausted i mean yes. you've been through such physical exhaustion yes. but at this point you're like i'm done with this yes right? yeah um, and I was told that if you have radiation when you have implants, um, that it can you can have trouble with your reconstruction. Um, they did also say gave me like all the side effects of radiation. Um, so I ended up asking the radiation oncologist the same thing. If she were me, what would she do? And mm-hmm. she said I would probably just wait and not do it because you can only have radiation so many times in your life. Right. So. Being that it was one lymph node, um, being that my cancer was one centimeter and I had double mastectomy, she's like, I feel 100% confident in you didn't, you know, saying you don't want to do it. So I was like, I don't want to do it. Um, that is something that I do look back and I think maybe I should have done it. But what it could have, should have. I mean, you don't so know. And so having good. gone through radiation, right. it's uh, gnarly 
and it stays in your body and it keeps working. So for, in my experience, that was good because they were like, well, to keep killing the tumor, right. you know, they stop at a certain point and let it keep working. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it affects everything. It affects mm-hmm. your teeth and your eyes and your right. just every, everything. Right. So that would have been a, and I'm thinking I'm putting myself in your, like I'm listening as if it were me thinking, oh my God, mm-hmm. like what if I went through what you're ex- describing and gosh, like how do you make that decision? Right. Because you, cause you know what you're headed, they explain everything you're headed for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard not yeah. to shoulda, coulda, woulda yourself, but right. I I see totally why you made that decision. Yeah. I probably yeah. would have done the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it might be, a, you know, some people are like, you're pretty vain that like you're worried about how your breast is going to look afterwards. And I'm like, but the thing is, I mean, like it was so weird when I had my mastectomy. I swear I was looking at everybody's boobs all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time I'd walk past a woman, I'm like, oh. And I think it just, it was like, you know, then you see women on TV, like men that think that women are beautiful. They've got nice, beautiful breasts. And so for me, it was like, oh my gosh, like these aren't mine. These aren't, you know, I wanted to make them look as nice as they could because the fact that I'm still single and not married and, you know, it's like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to be vain. <laughs> but that's yeah. not vain. How long did yeah. you live? A right. long time with those 45, boobs. Right, 45 years. I right. Fed, I fed four kids with them. Right. They're part yeah. of I mean, you. You so. are allowed to mourn what you've lost. Because I think right. like, you, there had to be grieving in that. It Yes, it was the night before I was very... It, the hardest part was knowing that I breastfed my kids and they were going to be gone. Like, I think that was the biggest... I know. That, I mean, it sounds strange, but it's the biggest it thing. I'm like, this nourished my babies. These nourished my babies and now they're not going to be there. And then it's like part of, gosh, now I don't feel like a woman, you know, and then Mm. I lost my hair and then I ended up um, in September of 2022, I ended up having my ovaries removed because of my cancer being hormone driven. Um, My dad's mom passed away from ovarian cancer. Um, I had genetic testing. It showed an unknown variant for ovarian cancer, but it doesn't show that like I have a gene for it. Because there hasn't been enough testing on the unknown variant, so to me that was That's a given. Shocking mm. to me. Yeah. You know what you said earlier about research not being done under women, right? Forty because under fifty. Under 50. <laughs> and I do hate to admit that we're getting close to fifty. Anyway. Right. Well, we're <laughs> so, I started at Don't forty. Mine was forty-five, forty-six. For you already forty-seven. Forty-seven. Yeah. Right. right. But uh, excuse me, but. That is shocking to me. How many people right. do we know with cancer under 50? Right. Hence why we're doing this. My thyroid episode. cancer, I was 30. Yeah. I yes. met people, I met I met people in their 20s with thyroid cancer. Oh yeah. Women, all women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then you know that even goes along with the whole testing and everything. I mean, how they say you don't need a mammogram until you're 40, you don't need you know, colonoscopy to your 50. Now they changed it to 45. But I mean, like, I know there's lots of women in like support groups where I've gone. They definitely were under 40 having breast cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, my son's best friend's mom had colon cancer at 44. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. I did just have a really lovely text from a friend who said um, our podcast inspired her to use Cologuard. Oh, that's awesome. And I just had it. It's okay. And I just had another conversation with a friend who told me she also 
used Cola Guard and what it was to take it. She had to take it to the post office. No. <laughs> I know that I have two people that did it because of that. So that's four people. We she said, that's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. But she said the, um, the clerk asked if she wanted a receipt. And she was like, no, thank you. And like turned it on her <laughs> She said it was like, you know, it's a strange experience. That yeah. She knows it's better than going through a colonoscopy. Yeah. <laughs> she said it down. Oh, that's was funny. Like, I just handed you a box of my poop. I do not want to wait for her to see. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to either. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. But I digress. <laughs> so, September of 2022 is the last yes. surgery you had? Um, no, so I actually, I should have rewound. So in February of 2022, I had the second part of my breast reconstruction done. Oh, okay. Um, everything went well with that. It was, I mean, I think I, the next day I felt perfectly fine. Um, and then in December of 2022, I had an additional um, reconstruction, reconstructive surgery um, just to do some tweaking um, to make them, in my mind, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that went really well. And then in, I think it was May of this year, I actually found a woman that does nipple tattooing, does like ta- 3D, well, 3D areola tattooing. Um, so I ended up having that done. That's so Where cool. I've seen that yeah. on like, um, botched, you know, that's yes. TV I've, show. That's, yeah. I've seen it somewhere, but yeah. So oh, and it looks cool. amazing. They yeah. you know they showed it. So. Are you happy with it? Absolutely. Really? I mean, I looked in the mirror and it was like I felt like a woman again. I felt like they were real it's because amazing. before you just see scar. You know, I just yeah. have scars and that's all you see. Mm-hmm. Um, Where'd you go to so, do it? Somewhere around here? Or? Yes. So there's a girl. Her name's Leah Love. She owns it's Leah Love Hair and Nails Studio over by Rockneys. No um, fair one. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and so she's got she got her license and everything. Um, super sweet lady. Super super sweet. But she just said that it was like a passion of hers. I don't think she knew anybody that had had cancer. She just had heard about it and thought, I want to do something it's to something make women feel do. like whole again. That's amazing. So, I'm so glad for that. Facebook. No way. Yeah. Somebody. Um, Actually, I think it was Carrie Ann, yeah. our classmate Carrie Ann. She <laughs> that, is the um, connector. <laughs> she is. She tagged me on like a Facebook post about her doing that, and so then I reached out. So wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, you have packed a lot into two years. Let me tell you. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. So. What's uh, so that was just May. Yes. What's next for you? Um, so I do, I'm on this hormone blocker. Um, it's an estrogen blocker because of the estrogen positive, um, breast cancer. So I should be on that. Um, it's supposed to be 10 years after five years. I think they can run like a test that will see if it would be beneficial to be on it for an extra five years or not. Um, it is definitely, um, to me, that's probably the hardest part. The mastectomy was really hard, but this is probably the hardest part just because of all the side effects. Oh, um, women need estrogen, but the problem is when you've got, you know, when you've had cancer that was estrogen-driven, mm-hmm. they don't want you to have any of it. Right. Um, so now it's just a matter of taking that, dealing with side effects, um, and just 
is crossing my fingers that I'm not back in this situation again. Mm-hmm. But What's if you're I, monitoring, like, so I see my oncologist once every six months, um, and then I see my breast surgeon once a year, um, and it's just pretty much them doing breast exams. Um, I mean, you can still get breast cancer after having a mastectomy. The chances are pretty low, mm-hmm. um, but. Because they can't guarantee they get every cell, right? Right, right. exactly. Um, but after dealing with what I had dealt with in the beginning of, you know, me being an advocate, pushing for more testing, um, I kind of feel like I just need to pay attention to all of my, you know, any symptom that I have and just push, push, push. Amen. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Because, I mean, the thing is... Star you know, and underline that, everyone. Right, right. Advocate for yourself. Yes. Yeah, but I'm very big into that just because um, the specialist that I had seen before I went to this new one back with this, you know, before I got diagnosed with cancer, the other specialist said that I didn't need any extra testing that, you know, with um, having mammograms, it would be fine. Um, But then I kept hearing all this stuff about dense breast tissue and it not showing up in mammograms. So that's when I had then reached out to my family doctor and just said, I want further testing. Mm-hmm. I want to go see a special, a different specialist. Um, Someone so listen to you. Right. Yeah. Right. And I mean, thank God I did because they said that my cancer was very slow growing and I had probably had had it for five years. Insane. Um, and it never showed up on a mammogram. So even the day that I had my, um, ultrasound on my biopsy they do a mammogram just to make sure that like when they do the biopsy they put a little titanium clip in your breast they wanted to make sure that it was like positioned um they still could not see the cancer and i mean it had clearly i mean it was in my body so it's Mm -hmm. that's another thing that i advocate if you do have um they have different grades of the density of breasts um mine over the years, it started out, you know, as slightly dense, dense, very dense, extremely dense. Anybody that has extremely dense breast tissue, I advise you to reach out um, because, you know, if even if you have a little inkling or if you have family history, try to ask for more testing, mm-hmm. whether it's them also do ultrasounds or MRIs because I they said if I would have not done that by the time it would have been large enough for me to feel it probably would have been too late. Wow. That was my next question. Is if you could feel yeah. it. I didn't so feel anything. Feel nope. They, well, that's I mean, why, because you just, you were going for your regular screening, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. But yeah. I had so. to ask for my diagnostic too, because I was mm-hmm. like, just look at the history, like. A diagnostic right. mammogram? Yes. And then they, they were monitoring for six months. I went through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so when I went back, I'm like, I'm not doing a regular mammogram. Right. So we did the, is it the 3D? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then asked for ultrasound. Yeah. Because I was like, yeah, I'm not letting that go. No. Only very loosely related. I find that a small woman is the, is the person who's always doing my mammogram. <laughs> like, <laughs> always shorter. I know. I know what you mean. So maybe not getting always it right. Always shorter than I am. <laughs> you know lifting up my very heavy breasts and it's like always kind of a joke to me like can you get a taller right, person right. in here <laughs> I tell, that's funny only very loosely related yeah um do you know what kind of 
what kind your cancer was as compared to your family history? Um, so my mom's mom did not have um, the estrogen progesterone positive. She had triple negative breast cancer. Um, and then there was one of my great aunts that did have the estrogen positive. Um, I believe all of us did have the invasive ductal carcinoma, which is, I think, one of the most common breast cancers. Yeah, okay. Um, but then as far as the other great aunts, nobody else had like gotten any type of testing done. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have had a couple other family members that have done the genetic testing and nobody has the BRCA gene. Um, but yeah, as far as like the estrogen part, I would assume that that's, I mean, my, being that my grandmother didn't have that, that's kind of strange, but, um, it's in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. What does this mean for your daughter? So they want her to start getting tested, getting, I don't know if it's mammograms or ultrasounds at 25, just because I guess our breast tissue, it starts out more dense. And then the older you get, the less dense it gets, but then it can turn back into being dense. So I think that's why they don't do mammograms like, you know, on a typical 25 year old because their tissue is dense. So you mm-hmm. can't see anything through the mammogram. So that's okay. where like the ultrasound might be better. Never knew but that. yeah, so I think they want her to start, you know, to start getting, um, at least like ultrasounds and then having breast exams. Is so, it, uh, is it appropriate for her to do genetic testing now? Or is that she, that yes. She wait, or? So she could, she could, um, but she doesn't want to. So I think it's, you know, probably like the unknown. Some people aren't like that. My mom never wanted to have genetic testing. Whereas oh. me, I want to know, I want to be prepared. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. but you have to respect both sides of the coin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be hard for you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm hoping there's no, so I had my grandmother and four of her sisters, four out of her five sisters had the breast cancer. The one sister had a son who had it, which is very odd. And they, that's mm-hmm. a huge red flag when it comes to the doctors. Um, but other than that, there's nobody else but me that's had it. So it's kind of strange that none of the, you know, other, I mean, we have lots generation. of women, right? So right. it's almost like, is it one that skips a generation? And just because I'm one of the oldest, I mean, I'm the oldest cousin in that generation. So I don't know, you know, if it will like skip over my daughter and then go to like my granddaughter's generation, I don't know. But just makes yeah. you wonder why it really hasn't been studied to the right. depth that it needs to be studied. Right. And I keep seeing commercials for stand up to cancer and I mm-hmm. look at that differently than I used to. Oh, absolutely. You know, because yeah. I was I was like, I'll donate, I'll, you know. Right. But I'm thinking when you realize and I'm not saying nobody donate or anything like that, but when you think about where the money goes, right, it's always to treatments. It's right. does not seem to go to prevention. It right. doesn't seem to go to studying these things. Like even that you've brought up that we didn't know. Like I'm mm-hmm. so glad we're talking about it because, mm-hmm. you know, it's wow, all these things we don't know, but the fact that they don't know it either. Right. Right. You know. And we're having this conversation as women under 50. Exactly. Yeah, we are way under 50. Way right. under 50. Right. 
I think we're still we're still like ten, like playing house in my backyard, totally. right? right? Yes, <laughs> we're still playing like school and <laughs> exactly. walking to Fort Island down right down the street, uh-huh. picking you up in the cul de sac. <laughs> right, <laughs> we are not close to fifty. Not at all. Not at all. We're just repeating that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Well, my I have a question to you, like. Um, around because I think you have a pretty strong support system yes and so what do you felt like you really needed or what was the most helpful thing that got you through your treatment um I think anytime somebody said they understood what I was going through it really bothered me if they hadn't been there and done it um I mean, I know that they everybody meant well, like, oh, I understand. No, no, you don't. Right. Because you really don't. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people say, oh, it's just hair. I'm like, oh, screw off. It's not just hair. Like, my, anybody that knows me from, like, my teenage years on knew that my hair was me. Mm-hmm. That's what defined me. Oh, there's Kate, you know, oh, Casey, the girl with the long, dark hair. Mm-hmm. You know, um... Yeah. I mean, losing it, wasn't, <laughs> losing it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. I was kind of surprised that, like, I wasn't, like, too upset over it. I think just because I was still, like, in the middle of everything and in the mm-hmm. moment. So it wasn't, at that point, it's like, okay, I'm not worrying about that. You know, it wasn't until, like, I was finished with treatments that it's like, okay, my hair can grow. But I once it was short, I kind of liked the short Part of it showers but, are very yeah. easy you rock yeah it. oh yeah showers are easy short you do too. actually but i love yeah. when it started to come back and was my you know it was so raining yeah yeah although it did help the hot flashes definitely being bald <laughs> <Yes. saying> <laughs> <laughs> but i think what's harder for me you notice is... i put my hair up in the middle of this oh yeah because you're getting high uh-huh. i did notice did you see the color I, changing yeah the air vents right here so i think this is the cooler the spot cooler to sit spot? Oh. um but losing my eyebrows and eyelashes right now i think is what's harder for me because it makes yeah. my face look so weird and i was gonna put on fake eyelashes before i went to my appointment this morning I'd yeah a doctor's appointment yeah. And I didn't get to it because it took me so long to draw my eyebrows and i was like screw it yeah. i ran out of time yeah and see, I didn't so. lose my eyelashes and eyebrows until I was finished with treatment. It was very oh. strange. It was like, I think, two weeks after my last treatment. Huh. I never fully lost my eyebrows, but I lost all of my eyelashes. And that, exactly like you said, it was such a weird... I mean, your face looks so, like, bland and naked. I'm like, was, I don't know why. My head didn't bother me as much yeah, as... Yeah, yeah. I think it's because women can really rock short hair, and I've seen yes. other bald women... Um, my neighbor uh, wears wigs, and we took mm-hmm. a bald head picture together. It was cute. Um, and everyone that I run across is like, oh, you look like you'd shave your head. Like, Right. You know, they think it's like part of what I'm doing. So I guess even though I really miss my hair and mm-hmm. I loved it, I mean, yeah, there's all these photos. Um, I know it'll grow back. Mm-hmm. Getting this, these little gray things, but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but final eyelashes under things I never knew, mm-hmm. right? Nobody said that, right? They did say facial hair, and I concentrated on my chin. I yeah. said, "Well, I lose this crap." Yeah, and they're like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Sweet, yeah." yeah. But I didn't think I was losing this, yeah. and you know, I was at work, and my athletic director is like, 
you lost your eyelashes. And I was like, yeah. 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 For me, I lost it everywhere. Like it was not, yeah. I never had to shave my legs. I have not shaved in a month. My legs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. nice. And I mean, mine, my, I don't know if it's because of the mastectomy or what. I'm thinking maybe, but I don't grow it much in my armpits now, which is awesome. That is nice. <laughs> that is mm-hmm. awesome. Oh. And yeah. Me too. Hey yeah. guys, we need to look at the positives. Yeah. You got to take the little wins. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I had very like sensitive skin. So it was when I would shave my armpits, sometimes it would, you know, it would hurt and then putting yeah. deodorant on. So now I'm like, sweet. Right. I mean, I would have preferred it not to grow back on my legs, but I'll take the armpits. That <laughs> something. One less place to shave. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we were yeah. talking off microphone about other things that like you never expect from cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. Amanda and I have talked about it a little bit more with our with our rectal cancer experience, but um, what have you found that's you know, the eyelashes were a surprise. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so I do have... That was yeah. a surprise for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I do now have neuropathy in both of my feet. Um, it makes it hard to walk. Um, my feet do fall asleep in the middle of the night. They hurt. They're mm. numb and tingly. Um, it's kind of been a little bit of a challenge trying to figure out exactly what it was. Um, just because I've also been diagnosed with um, arthritis throughout my body. So it's like, is it that? Um, my hormone blocker causes joint and bone pain. So it's like, okay, is that what's causing the pain? Um, so just kind of like going round and round about that. That sucks. Yeah. Um, but I did have nerve a nerve conduction study on for a totally different reason. Um, and then that's when they found the neuropathy in both of my feet. That it's apparently on the nerve test, it's really, really bad. Mm. When I had that done, though, I wasn't really having pain or issues. So I was kind of like, well, that's not even why I'm here. Now you're telling me this and, like, just add that to the list of, right. you know, things that are wrong. So, And that's um, just, I don't know, we talked a little bit about, again, off microphone, but... Mm-hmm. It, that's been one of the things that's such a surprise to me is like when it rains it pours mm-hmm. yep <laughs> it just pours yeah. and then it continues to rain and I don't mean to be you know negative and you aren't right. and you aren't either but that's one, been one of the most surprising things to me that it, it's it's not just your mm-hmm. withstanding chemotherapy mm-hmm. or right. radiation or surgery or reconstruction or medicine right it's all the other surprising things that it's like once you get through all that here's what then you're going to deal right. with and they're all little surprises right and i think that's what people don't understand and that's why uh, this is cliche but saying you don't know what other people are going through mm-hmm. and be kind because think of what you're dealing with just to walk right 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 yeah 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 or and so we've talked about this sometimes. Like, what do I have to do to be able to leave the house today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And like, you want to celebrate the win that you, yeah, are able to go to work. Right. And you want to, you know, or go to an event or take a vacation. But what does it take to do that? Sometimes is a 
Yeah. It's a whole yeah. process. Exactly. And that's just the physical part of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the mental part is a whole different... Yes. That's probably a whole different podcast. <laughs> that is something so. that is just... probably true. <laughs> yes. But... Yeah. Well, I thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You learned, learned so much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Is there anything you want to... Do you feel like we didn't cover or something that you'd want people to know? Mm, I don't think so. Just be an advocate for yourself. Yeah. And just like thing. you said, I, I'm a firm believer of you never know what somebody's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just share this real quickly. Yeah. Um, when I was going through my chemo and everything, I remember being at the grocery store one day at Giant Eagle. And I had like, I don't know, I think at the time it was like you know, the express checkout was like 20 items. And I probably had like 25 items. I was already having a bad day mentally. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm just going to, you know, I don't care. I'm going to go in this line. Mm-hmm. So I go through the line and I didn't have enough money on my one debit card. So that took me a few seconds. Um, I then tried my one credit card and didn't have any room on that. So I have to get another one out. And this lady behind me is huffing and puffing so loud. Oh, gosh. <laughs> So I like turned around and I said to the lady behind me, I'm like, um, do you have a problem? And she goes, I'm sorry, ma'am. That's not me. That's her back there. So it was a lady that was like three oh people God. back. Whoa. And I was like, oh, okay. So I said, do you have a problem? And she said, well, you had more than 20 items. And I'm like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I had about 25. I'm like, let me tell you something. And all of a sudden, I don't know what came over me. I lost it. I mean, just, you know, I'm a cancer survivor and I'm going through chemo. I don't feel well. I can't even pay for my groceries. I'm like, would you like to come and pay for my freaking groceries? I mean, I went nuts. And And afterwards, I mean, she just stopped. And the lady behind me was like, I'm so sorry. And so then, you know, I was able to pay for my groceries and leave. But I walked out. It's like, what just happened? That is not like me. Right. Like I would yeah. never be that way towards oh, somebody. But I think it was just one of those like, you know, because I try to think nobody knows what you're going through. And so I try to be kind to people. Like I would never huff and puff at someone. If I can tell that they're struggling to pay yeah. for something, never. I would never do that. Never. You know, and I would never say something it's to bit, someone. It's embarrassing enough. I've been in that situation. Right. And it's, um, and some, and I use KeyBank and then sometimes... Like, I've tried to bypass my pen, and it rejects it. And so, like, even I've been in those situations, and then mm-hmm. I get flush, and I start yes. to panic, and I'm like, uh-huh. who's watching? Right. You know, and right. it's a terrible feeling. Yeah. I mean, and when you're not feeling well, and right. I, I've been, and I think, like, I've been in places, and this is why I usually um, use Instacart and stuff now, because mm-hmm. I don't want people to talk to me. I'm like, right. Don't don't ask me. Don't piss me off. Mm-hmm. Don't talk yeah, to me. Yeah, because you might not get the... Right. Because yeah. I'm just like, stay away from me. I just want people to stay away. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Just, And so I end up not going. Yeah. By the way, Casey, I think that was a pretty normal stress response. Super. Yeah. I mean, I just super hope normal. it wasn't like on camera. And then I'm like, oh, great. I shopped there. Somewhere. I shopped there all the time. I'm like, I'm quite certain that the pharmacist who they all know me really well, I'm quite certain so they heard me. <laughs> Like, check out the what pharmacy. in the it world? It is super understandable. And I yeah. it makes me think of, well, the, and I'll tell a quick story too. 
Um, it was like my first swim meet of uh, my 22 season or 21 going into 22. Mm-hmm. Because right before swim season started, I finished chemo and radiation. Mm-hmm. So I had like... It was your first ever treatment, is what you're saying. It's my first... Your first swim meet you're, as a coach after finishing your treatment? Correct. So okay. it was about a month from the beginning of start the swim season to the first meet. And this um, official that I had seen last year, but I don't know very well, mm-hmm. looks me straight in the face and he's kind of scrunching up his nose and he's like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. He's like, what's up with your voice? Okay. And I'm like, first of all, you don't know me. This is in front of the starters table. Thankfully, the microphone wasn't on. But I was like, you don't know me. And I just finished cancer treatment. And I go huffing off across the pool deck. And I was like, oh, my God, Amanda. (laughs) And he he didn't say a word to me for the rest of the meet. I was like, wow. Yeah. I'm well, like, so what do you mean? You never know what's right, going right. <laughs> and be careful and, what you say, right, you right, like, right. And right. I think so both that's stories uh, illustrate advocating for yourselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Highlight, underline, exclamation point. Right. Yes. <laughs> and if the woman that I pretty much cussed out is listening, I'm very sorry. <laughs> I was just having a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's listening, going. Hopefully, that was a teaching right, moment right. Though, for her. Like, that I day. remember that girl. Yeah. <laughs> She'll comment. Yes, She'll say, I, I now have perspective. Thank you so much. Yes, it's a teaching <laughs> moment. Very sorry. I'm normally not like that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Wow, this has been so much fun. Yes, yeah. it has. Thank you so much. Thanks yeah. for joining us. I really yeah. have learned a lot, and I hope that, uh, you know, both about the mental and physical aspects, but I'm so glad you shared what your experience has been because it's different from ours, and... You know, Amanda's going through chemotherapy, but mm-hmm. on a, you were on a whole different slew of medicines, and it is different yeah. for everybody. So absolutely, it's. I think that's important to share your perspective. Yeah. Yes. Appreciate it. Well, until okay. next time, listeners. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.